Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference, or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me is Matthew McLaughlin, my hey. co-host. Hey, Jeremy. Wait till I'm done. Before I start know, talking. I got excited to say hello. <laughs> I shouldn't yell at Matthew on air. Then I have. Then there's proof that I yell at him. But this is banter, so so we move yeah. on. You'll probably play the victim somehow. But anyway, today we're doing our last in our series on uh, what we're calling the Secular Creed. Most of it has been based on a book called The Secular Creed by Reme- Rebecca McLaughlin. No relationship to Matthew that we know of. There could be way back in the past, but we don't know. We've covered a lot of ground on this. Now, uh, last week's discussion was about immigration. That isn't included in Rebecca McLaughlin's book. Neither is this week's. So there's several versions of the sign that you might find in somebody's yard. Um, And this is another version of, of that sign. So let me just read for you the sign says in this house we believe black lives matter women's rights are human rights no human is illegal science is real love is love kindness is everything today we're going to be talking about science is real now in the previous topics that we've discovered uh, i've always tried to assume the best intentions of those who are uh, have this sign because I su- even though I think mostly what the sign says, uh, well, not mostly, but many of the things the sign says are wrong. Um, people do have, I think, good intentions. So we tried to take it in the best possible light, right? When right. we were going through these, I don't really see a way to do that with this one. This is true <laughs> because. The reality is, no one denies science as science. There, of course, sadly, we you might know some flat earthers, and their tribe is increasing. I don't exactly understand why, but other than flat earthers, I don't really know anyone who outright denies science. Now, sure, I've met people from other more traditional countries who are hesitant about science uh, but i can't other than the few flat earthers that i've met i can't think of anybody who would just outright deny science or say argue with the statement science is real i do you know anybody who would do that no so i i think there, i think there's other motivations behind here and so i can't really put a positive spin on this statement at all i think it's ridiculous actually um now obviously this there are some assumptions behind um behind why they would why someone would say this obviously they think someone's denying science uh, so we'll have to talk about that so let's other than the flat earthers uh there are some issues with science that might be possible motivations for this uh so one is we all know about covid <laughs> so on the one hand you have people who believe that you should fo- 
apparently believe that you should follow everything that Dr. Fauci says, everything the CDC says, every dictum and decree that comes out of out of these places should be followed because they're all based on science. And they get really self-righteous about it and and act as if if you don't do what Dr. Fauci does and what science says, then uh, you hate other human beings and want them to die. So we, we all just lived through that. So I think one of the things that the sign is, is saying, we see that science is being politicized now, and it's being used as a weapon for people who have, I think, honest disagreements, uh, things that could be argued about. So I, I think science is being used as a weapon, and, and you can see the politicization of it, right? Because during COVID, you went into Walmart, right? Right. And you see people with masks on. What could you probably assume about them, Matthew? <laughs> they like to listen to the science. <laughs> or, or you're putting a, pos- a nice spin on yes, it. Yes, I am. Let, let's not be nice. What, what could you assume about them? Probably they were liberals. <laughs> <laughs> and the few people who didn't have masks, what could you probably assume about them? Not liberal. <laughs> they probably also had Trump t-shirts on. This is also probably true. <laughs> and one of them actually, one of the ones that I saw actually had a um, QAnon shirt on. <laughs> That's another topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I think one of the things that's happening is Democrats, liberals, have one view about how to handle COVID, and Republicans or more conservative people have a different view about how to how to deal with COVID the right way. And so the liberals self-righteously say, well, it's all about science, when actually it, it's not necessarily. <laughs> it's more political than it is science. Right. Because let's be honest, no one actually follows everything the CDC says because the CD says, CDC has said lots of things that we go, well, that just sounds silly. So I'm not doing that. And e- even when it comes to COVID, they got things wrong. Right. Right. So just as an example, the CDC says you should cook all your meat well done. <laughs> I mean... That is definitely wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, so I think what your Jeremy just said is really important that the driver behind this is politicization. Right. It's, it's a more about a cultural marker than it is actually about we believe in science because everybody believes in science except for flat earthers. It's more an argument but, yeah. about the implications of or the application of scientific principle. Right. And, and you see the same thing with environmentalism, right? Right. This could be another thing that's behind science saying science is real, right? Because some conservatives deny that there's global warming or climate change, things like that. Um, that's not necessarily anti-science. So Correct. It's always funny to me how how the the pro-science people think the answer to climate change is that electing liberals or Democrats. <laughs> now. It's just, it's crazy to me that science is always on the liberal Democrat side. But obviously what's happening here is science is being politicized and then being used as a weapon 
against anyone who disagrees with them to say, well, you guys are just science deniers. Um, everybody at some point is skeptical about science, right? Right. Even liberals. For example, one of the people that could be called, one of the groups that could be called science deniers is the woke liberals. These people actually say the scientific method is racist (laughs) and white supremacist. So are are the liberals going to go against some of their own people and say they're science deniers when when they argue that science is white supremacy? I don't think so. What I'm saying here is there everything has been politicized today. And so we have to be careful to disi- to distinguish between what science actually says and the policy that is developed from scientific based or based on scientific evidence. Right. Um so just because we're we're arguing against a policy doesn't mean that we're anti-science. We're saying we're against this policy, <laughs> even if the science backs it up to to a degree that doesn't that doesn't mean that the conclusion this policy is the best way to handle it is true. For example, with, with climate change, you don't have. I I am not a climate change denier. Okay. And you don't have to deny you don't have to deny climate change to say that maybe electing leftist liberals isn't the only way to resolve the problems that could come about through climate change. Maybe there are other solutions that we can come up with to deal with the problems that could come about. So you don't have to deny the science just because you reject the conclusion that is supposedly based on science. Does all that make sense to you, Matthew? It does make sense. I I really think that we need to comprehend that fact because far too often, like we were like we were talking about, we we make the assumption of fact when in reality it's not a question of a fact; it's a question of an interpretation of the fact. And so, and then and then we argue that. The interpretation that I have is the only valid interpretation that's possible. Right. And that goes against, well, honestly, it goes against the scientific method, but. And, and here's, you want to see a liberal deny science really quickly? Tell them that science teaches that life begins at conception. Yep. Then they'll be apoplectic and science deniers. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the, some of the Hollywood liberals are the biggest promoter of the idea that, um, um, vaccines cause autism. So, <laughs> look, yeah. it's it's not as if conservatives are the only ones that have issues with science. Correct. <laughs> Liberals do as well. We we we're skeptical about things that go against our worldview, our our religion, our our philosophy, our way of thinking, and it it's everybody tries to fit these things into their into their own and and try to have an answer for them. It's it's not anything unusual and it's not denying science. Right. Any other <laughs> thoughts about the politiziz- politicization of science? We probably go have a whole episode we on that. We probably could just politicization of the culture in general, but no, I think for now I think we've established our our point. So the other thing uh that we need to be aware of 
is that often people equate naturalism and science as if naturalism and science are the same thing. However, naturalism is a philosophy. I don't like the term worldview, but it's a worldview. It's a way of looking at the world, okay? Science is a methodology for understanding our world. Uh, Obviously, that methodology is based on a philosophy or a worldview, so it comes from that. But naturalism is not science. It does not equal science. And this is a confusion in our in our day. So just just to be clear, let me illustrate what naturalism is and supernaturalism, which is what Christians believe. Naturalism, if you can imagine, and this is a bad analogy as all analogies ultimately break down, The entire universe, imagine the entire universe contained in a box. Naturalism says that every event, everything that happens, has to be explained by what's in the box. The box is closed. There's no outside interference from any supernatural agents. And they don't necessarily say there are no supernatural agents, but there's just no way to get beyond the box to even know. So the way we have to understand our world is by explaining everything by looking inside the box. We can't go outside the box to look for answers for how the universe came into being. For And you see this. For example, if you watch the History Channel, often their presentations come from a naturalistic point of view, and they'll have shows about the Bible. I remember watching a show about the book of Exodus one time, and they didn't say none of this stuff happened, it's all make-believe fantasy, but they tried to explain the events and the miracles in Exodus through naturalistic means. They would explain how it was possible that the Nile River could turn red and look like blood in in the other events that happened as well. They were so they're trying to explain it by what happened in the box. They they reject the idea that a supernatural being, someone outside the box, caused these events to happen. But they don't deny it. The same thing with the Bible. They don't deny the Bible and the things in it necessarily, but they try supernaturalistic explanations. That's why they come up with theories like JDP to try to explain the Old Testament, and that's why you end up having three authors to the book of Isaiah and things like that. They're they're trying to explain what we as Christians believe are supernatural things by everything, by looking only in the box and not outside, okay? That's what naturalism is. Whereas Christianity, we believe that there's openings in the box. Yes, God order, orders nature, and it, it works in an orderly fashion, and it, it it has regularity and things like that. But God can reach in, so it's an open box where God can intervene in the world. He doesn't always, generally speaking, the world works according to natural laws um, that are discoverable by the scientific method, but sometimes God acts 
outside of and beyond in uh, over in different ways than he normally does, and we would call those miracles. So, as Christians, we don't deny science as science if you mean a methodology to understand the world in which we live in. We have no problem with that, right? Right. Uh, what we have a problem with is naturalism that presupposes that either there is no God or that God can't intervene in the world that he's created and he's ultimately unknowable. That's what we're rejecting. We're rejecting this philosophical assumption, not methodological way to understand how the world wor- normally works. So, is, is there anything I need to clarify? Or no, I think that should make should make sense. I just think that you have to keep the two separate and understand that the one, as you said, one's the philosophy and one's a methodology. Right. So there's again there's lots that could be said about this. There's books written <laughs> about it from a Christian point of view. We we do reject naturalism. There's no question about that. You cannot be a Christian and a naturalist. The right. two things are contradictory. Correct. And and so we don't reject science and many of the early scientists were also Christians. One author, I'll, I'll quote him in a in a blog article says Men like Francis Bacon, Nicolaus Copernicus, and Isaac Newton were deeply Christian men. They were pioneers in the sciences, not in spite of, but precisely because of their faith in God. These scientific pioneers believed in God. Now, obviously, they would have rejected naturalism at that point, but they were not rejecting science as a methodology to help us to understand the world that God has created. All right, so I think we've examined the statement enough to try to get an understanding of where the statement came from and the problems with it. Uh, Let's look now at some of the biblical foundations for science. Now, the Bible teaches that God created the world, um, and, and so therefore the world has order. We get this in the first few pages of Genesis. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. So the the idea that the world was formless speaks of chaos. Okay, So initially when God created the world, it was chaotic. And what we see in the rest of Genesis, especially the first three days is God bringing order to the chaos by separating the light from the darkness, the, the sea from the land, the the skies above. I don't know how to say it. You know, he put a firmament in there to separate things so that we have an atmosphere to keep us from the harmful effects of the radiation in space. So we see God forming the world and and making it orderly. And then in the last three um, days of Genesis, we see God filling the earth. So the earth was formless and void, and God is filling the earth so it's no longer empty and void. God fills it with plants and animals, and, and finally, he fills it with human beings. So 
we, we see God here making an orderly creation. If, if the world, if the universe was chaotic, we wouldn't be able to understand the world. Things could appear out of nothing. <laughs> but because God made the world orderly, that it works according to cause and effect, we're able to discover, discover and understand our world. We're able to describe how it acts by natural laws, uh, scientific laws even. Um, so that's all based on the fact that the world is orderly. That comes from a Christ, Christian perspective. Christians believe that the world, the cosmos, the universe is an orderly universe, not disorder and chaos. Although there are some scientists now <laughs> who do think the, uh, there's a thing called chaos theory um, and who do believe the world is chaotic, the universe is chaotic, which to me begs the question, okay, then why are we trying to understand it? Because it, if it's chaos, it doesn't make any sense. So we see in Genesis that the world is orderly, but then um, in this, there's other places that teach that as well. Uh, but Jeremiah chapter 31 teaches us that the world is regular. So Jeremiah chapter chapter 31, verse 35. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from me, before, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. God made the world so that it acts in a regular, orderly manner. It's generally speaking uniform. We know that in all likelihood, short of the return of Christ, the sun is going to come up tomorrow tomorrow morning. I didn't check to see what time, uh, probably around six or seven-ish in the morning, the sun's going to come up. Um, we can predict that. We can predict eclipses because the universe operates in an orderly fa fashion. We know that in just a few weeks, sadly, it is going to be winter. <laughs> in, in spite of climate change that has made our <laughs> winters warmer, um, uh, we still have winter, and I still dread it. And we know all, it's all coming. And then after winter, <laughs> to God be the praise, spring will come <laughs> in in March, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Spring's going to come um, unless the Lord returns. Right. Uh, we may not see it. We may die. But spring will still come. Um, and speaking of death, we all know the circle of life and death. It continues on and regular. Now, that wasn't natural. That was result of the fall but uh it's still orderly um rain my kids in science learn about the water cycle that water evaporates water eventually falls back to the earth in forms of different precipitation and then it evaporates again and comes back down all over again these these cycles are orderly so that, and regular so that we can predict and understand them we have a regular orbit around the sun so that we know our the seasons we can know what 
We can set our dates by our pathway around the sun and all those kind of things. So Christians believe in this. This is a, this is a Christian idea. Uh, this didn't necessarily, not all cultures believe in an orderly, regular universe. And, and so because the universe is orderly and regular, it's understandable. We can, we can explore it using science as a methodology to help us better understand our world, and then we can describe how our world works through scientific theories and such. So any thoughts before we finish up, Matthew? I would just add that you even have, at the end of the Noahic Covenant, God says, reiterates what he says again in Jeremiah, and when he talks about the fact that there, as long as the earth shall exist, there will be cold time and harvest and sea time and rain and heat and cold. And so, and so you see, even from the beginning, God has, as Jeremy said, has set out this order, which ultimately reflects back into his character and who he is. And so that, that's one of the purposes of science is for us to understand that which God made. Right. So science, in, in a way, what you're saying is Christian science not only helps us to understand the world, but it helps us to understand and know our God as right. well. Um, and that's even more glorious than understanding the world we live in, even though that's very beneficial because understanding our world leads to solutions to, to cooling and heating. It leads to solutions to clean water. It leads to... Uh, medicines and things like that that are helpful leads to cell phones that I don't know whether they're a curse or a blessing sometimes, <laughs> but you know we have we have it and uh, that's thanks be to God for those things that have benefited humanity through through the scientific methods and, and so, many times through people who don't even believe in God. Um, so we believe in science. Uh, we we don't have a problem with science. Though we don't always agree with every one of their findings, which really shouldn't be a problem, um, because if we all, if we make science our ultimate authority, our ultimate authority is going to be changing all the time. Because science changes as we grow in our knowledge, um, as we grow in our understanding. Unless you want to posit that we've learn every secret of the universe, which no one with half a brain would ever say, then our, our science continues to need to be refined and updated. And sometimes the discoveries blow up everything we ever thought we knew. For example, rather recently, I, I read a story where there were some experiments that done that throw the whole Big Bang Theory cosmology out the window. That that is huge. Um, so having si- having science as the ultimate authority means that you're never going to have an ultimate authority. It's always going to be updating. It's always going to be changing. So yes, we believe in science, but science isn't the ultimate authority. We believe that God is and that God speaks through his word, and we believe his word and hold tightly to that. And then we we as Christians try to understand the scientific discoveries and scripture and try to understand, because we ultimately believe all truth is God's truth, that science isn't going to contradict the Bible, even though some models may do so. 
ultimately when we discover when we discover the whole truth and we know the whole truth about both scripture and science they're going to be in harmony they're going to be in agreement and so we you know we have to we have to work to try to understand how science and scriptures relate together but we don't we're not going to make uh, science our ultimate authority because it's ever changing by necessity because of our lack of knowledge but scripture never changes scripture is always the same it's it's always god's word and we can trust in that confidently and not be rocked back and forth when the big bang cosmology when that model no longer is workable according to current scientific theories we don't lose sleep over that we continue to trust in god and and wait for further discoveries and and what may be found um so anyway um that's about it for our time but i would like to say a few i've i mentioned the idea of miracles when i was describing naturalism um of course we as christians do believe that miracles happen now some try to define miracles in such a way as that they contradict laws of nature uh but i i don't think that's a good way of describing it um for one the laws of nature um god upholds these things the the scientific the scientific laws for christians describe how god normally upholds the universe right right miracles are an extraordinary way that god is working in the universe so god is always working to uphold the universe sometimes he works through means that we discover through the scientific method but god is always upholding the universe sometimes he works through normal means sometimes through extraordinary means and we call those extraordinary means miracles so that being said we shouldn't call the birth of children miraculous it is really awesome okay i'm not trying to downplay it but that's the way god normally brings children into the world we see some miraculous births in scripture abraham and sarah in the most extraordinary uh, miraculous birth ever was the birth of christ being born to the virgin mary Ordinary births are not miraculous. They're the normal way that God brings children into the world. Extraordinary births are an extraordinary way, an unusual way that God brings children into the world. Um, science can't replicate these things. They can't put them in a test tube because they often only happen once or very seldom, so they can't be tested in that way. Uh, but we can believe them based on uh truthful eyewitnesses to this thing so we do believe in miracles but we don't believe that miracles are a contradiction of the laws of nature um and we still think that can fit into a scientific worldview if you have questions about miracles and how they relate to science uh c.s lewis book miracles is is really good um you might be able to find it at the library (laughs) it's hard reading but it's worth it so, as we come to the end of this episode, our simple conclusion is this, is this. Science is real because ultimately science is embedded in how God created the world in order 
and with regularity because it's it's defining of who he is. So may we seek to know him and in knowing him, we learn about him through understanding his world better. We thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to your questions, your comments, and even dreaded hate mail at ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever service you listen to us on. We thank you once again for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, where we're striving to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living.